Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. Okay, we're live. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com, Fightful.com, FightfulMMA.com. We have FightfulBoxing.com. We have FightfulSelect.com. We have FightfulPods.com. We have lots of them, Jimmy. We have a lot of .coms. Hey, there's no excuse for people to not find us. It's very true. Very true. I have a question to start the show for you. Yeah, what? Uh, what's with the doctor's bag that you found in your attic? Oh, okay. So the, <laughs> I've told you before, my house is 150 years old. It's... Yeah, haunted apparently. They used to right. line up cadavers in the... Uh... <laughs> they did. No, they they, did. I'm not making this up. It's Nigel. real. Oh. Yeah, uh, we we had a train <laughs> in our town. It used to be a train town, basically. People would stop here, and while they waited on the next train, they would stop here. And my house is one where you can kind of walk in a circular motion straight through, and then out around back to the sidewalk. So they would display unidentified dead bodies in what is my my workout room now. But um, this house used to belong to a doctor. Uh, his name's Runyon. We live on a the street's named Runyon Avenue. His like, name is Runyon. Runyon, yeah. And his his family was really prominent in the area or whatever. But this used to be a doctor's office too. Right. And in our attic, when Kara and I moved in here several years ago, we we had never been in the attic before. Really, it's it's not useful. We found a leather doctor's bag that had like a lock on it, but the fabric or the the leather had ripped, so you could get in there anyway. I mean, this bag is composed of, like, wood inside and has slides, like cotton slides, blood slides, all that. Cool. Uh, yeah, like, were, is that is it worth any money? I don't know. I'm going to get it checked out eventually. You but, should. Like, you can't even touch it without all that shit rubbing off on you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. a few years later, or when we were, I was trying to remodel the house before I gave it up, we had those big rectangular locks that somebody just painted over, and I'm pretty sure they're copper. So I pulled them off, and I was going to take the paint off of them, which is very tedious and almost impossible. And there was this big circle in my door, and it was filled with, like, wood or cork. And I pulled that out, and there was a tiny rusted skeleton key hidden inside the door no that, I be- that I believe went to that bag. Cool. Yeah. Man. 
learning stuff all the time on the list on your boy. Pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. You got to get that checked out, man. Yeah, I'm going. I'm from, going from to a, eventually. An antique dealer. Hey, maybe that can pay my down payment. Maybe you you'd be surprised. <laughs> you'd be surprised. You're I don't wrong. think I'm even legally allowed to sell like blood slides though. Ah. Uh, Legal schmeagle. If it wasn't around then, fuck if there If there's a buyer, you get it done. Yeah, you know. So, uh, so Fightful Select, uh, just as a little recap, I had promised that if we had 100 paid subscribers, I was going to perform Stephanie McMahon's entrance music. I recorded the vocals last week. We're hoping next week we got the video done. Right, Nigel? We're hoping next week we'll have the video done. Too, yeah. Fightful Select uh, subscribers, I gave them a little preview of me doing the recording, and we're going to play it for you. Go ahead, Nigel. I made sure to do a little recording, look in the, look in the camera, too, yeah, there. Yeah, so. you got to get that moment. <laughs> Ready for drama. Zeros, Zeros and commas. Zeros and commas. I, still, I feel like that's what I said. I, Am I recording now? Yep. We'll do it one more time. This is... No. I'm going to go back to running an online media company. Hey. Elegant persona, ready for drama, zeros and commas, all up in the bank book, haters give a stank look, even when these grace push, she push harder, no woman or man does it like she can, and you can't put a dent in her armor. Done! We're done. Cool. Beautiful. I think I have enough to work with. Awesome. What? I gotta tell you. get the finished version? Uh, next week. I think next week's podcast, we should have the finished version ready to go. I gotta tell you, I'm not professing to be like a music mogul or anything. That's a stupid fucking song. Oh yeah. The, pro- the, the, the producer, and Nigel will back me up. The, produ- the producer and the, and the vocalist, one of them is to blame. The rhythm, they would speed it up and slow it down for no apparent reason in the middle of a sentence. In the well, middle of a sentence. And I was doing it back with Nigel. And again, I don't profess to be, you know, some kind of a musical legend or anything. But it was stupid and it kept fucking me up because they would speed and slow down in the same sentence. And Nigel even acknowledged it, that they would just do that. Stupid. Well, I am happy to announce on Fightful Select, after this drops, whenever you release this song, I'm going to put together the official Fightful mixtape. <laughs> I'm serious. That's what everyone's waiting for. We, we have... Russo singing HBK's theme. Yeah. We have that R-Truth theme that somebody made of mine. Melissa's diss track to me. Yeah. And I'm sure there are more. Trevor Strong's Fightful Song. Trevor Strong's Fightful Song. Yeah. We got five songs. And hey, if anybody else wants to produce a song for me, have at it. There you go. You'll get added. Well, my next question, and uh, people in the live chat can give their suggestion. I was saying to Sean, what's our goal for 200 subscribers now? Because that was the goal for 100, and we're now at like almost 150. So, so I'm, I'm uh, considering it. Obviously, I've told you the, like the, the big goal, the 1,000. We had talked off the air yeah. about a yeah. watch along every week because that is tedious and expensive for us. But uh-huh. uh, for a member of Fightful to, to do that. But there, there are a few things that we've talked about quarterly Q&As with you because I mean, you're a busy guy. We're t- we talked about maybe adding a movie review here and there, depending on how today's goes. Uh, I'm going to eventually do the Q&A shows weekly instead of twice a month. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of different things that we can do. Also, uh, Jeremy and Andrew are talking about maybe doing a show, whether it's on Fightful or Fightful Select. we got a lot of cool stuff coming. So I want your thoughts on some of these. So uh, I posted on Twitter, or maybe you did. One of us posted on Twitter, hey, what should the goal be for 200 pay subscribers on Fightful Select? And here are some of the, pe- the, the suggestions on Twitter. One was Sean has to sing Real American. Uh, I ain't doing that. Not doing that? No, fuck. For 200, 
That's why they want you to do it. I don't care. I'm not doing what if, that. What if you do it in honor of Rick Derringer and not Hulk Hogan? That might cost more than cutting my hair. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not doing that shit. You're not going to cut your hair? Well, he is I mean, eventually. I'll cut it eventually. It's got to be long enough for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, how about somebody said that you and I have to do a duet of Mike and Maria's theme. That's more likely. I don't remember it. How does it go again? I have no clue. I was trying to set him up, Nigel. Yeah. <laughs> no clue. Somebody said that you and I have to take Blue Chew on the air. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, well, first off, let, let's talk about this. You do have to get your online prescription. We're not going to advocate people without a prescription. You've got a whole box of it. You're making it rain in your office. Oh, I got my prescription, Jimmy. So you could just kind of like funnel me one, like if I go to Vegas or something. Well, are you asking me to supply you with drugs? No, I could what be talking about Monster. Jimmy. I could be talking about Monster. Okay, first off, insider trading. Now you want me to deal drugs? <laughs> like you're you're asking me to support Hulk Hogan? What kind of example are you setting? I'm not trying to set any example. I just kind of say what I feel like. So but I told you it could be Rick Derringer that you do that for, not Hulk Hogan. You mentioned Vegas. Uh, I've, yeah. Andrew's booked his stuff. Uh, I've booked my stuff and pending some stuff. Uh, you're, you're also tentatively planning on going. Uh, I'm thinking about it. Hopefully, AEW isn't like, damn, y'all want three three media passes? If they do, you know what? I can sit at the hotel. I don't care. You know what? If they do, just say, I, I don't know. Are they staying at that shitty casino hotel? Is that like where Ooh. the AEW talent staying? I don't know where they're staying. they got to be staying at the MGM. I don't know, but um, so Sean Sean's staying at some place off the strip, and I, I go to Vegas every year, and I had never heard of this casino, and I go to Vegas every year, and I, I thought to myself, okay, maybe it's like a brand new one that I've just never heard of because it's brand new. So I looked it up on a map. It's off the strip, so I told Sean that's why I've never heard of it because no one oh, yeah. goes there. Well, you know? either way, I booked my shit, and um, we'll be at Starcast uh, pending approval. Although Conrad said, hey, you're in. Now, granted, that's uh, you know that's months away, three and a half months away. But Andrew's going to be there. Andrew's going to be a big part of Fightful's future as well. So we're going to get some like on the site job training with him. I'm going to get a lot of interviews, lots of content there. The plan is to have Warren do the uh, Double or Nothing post show, and then uh, myself and Andrew and or you, if you go, we'll do a a stand up post show uh, afterwards where we we kind of talk about things. Very excited for that. I don't travel to shows like this a lot, so I'm really excited. And uh, if there's interest, we might do a Fightful meetup as well. I kind of want to go just to kind of uh, uh, show you some of the Vegas fun, Sean. Sure. That's kind of why I sure. want to go. But uh, I'm not going to say any more than that, Nigel. But uh, <laughs> Didn't we'll you tell how, we'll me that one of your, your Once Upon a Time co-workers did some crazy stuff there? We've done a few things. Oh, boy. In oh, my boy. younger days. And I'm, I'm married with children now. Top affiliates, day. top payouts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, couple, a couple of pieces of somber news, I guess. The first one is about Pedro Morales. And because I, I became a wrestling fan in the mid-'80s, so I knew Pedro Morales at the time as an enhancement performer because that's what he was at the time. But in the 70s, Pedro Morales was uh, a major star for WWE. I think he was number two behind Bruno Sammartino for Madison Square Garden sellouts. Uh, so he was a major star. He was uh, the first ever Triple Crown winner, meaning that he won the WWF title, the Intercontinental title, and the tag team titles. And uh, Hugo Sabinovich, who used to do the Spanish commentary for WWE, broke the story on Facebook, and WWE's confirmed it, that Pedro Morales passed away at 76 after battling Parkinson's disease. So 
condolences to his family. He he he's I think he's a Hall of Famer in WWE. And yeah, he, he is. Was a ma- he was a major star in New York for them in the seventies. He was a Triple Crown champion when being a Triple Crown champion meant something. Absolutely. Back in the day. Yeah, and he was the first. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So I mean, uh, of co- I never got to see any of his work growing up. This he was well before my time. I'd kind of held off doing the news video until this, so you could discuss any memories that you had. But I mean, he retired in nineteen eighty seven, so that's. Obviously, his days were a little bit before yours as well. Yeah, he was. So in my day as a fan, he was one. You know, some. You know, they had like a level of enhancement uh, wrestler that actually got an offense. Yeah, remember, like Iron Mike Sharp, he always lost, but he got an offense. Tiger Chung Lee always lost, but he got an offense. Pedro Morales was like that. He would work like a fifteen-minute match against, say, a Cowboy Bob Orton or somebody, but he would always lose uh, in that era. But he was a big star in his day. The other one I want to talk about is Salvatore Belomo. Okay. Uh, so WWE confirmed that he passed away uh, at age 67 from cancer. A um, couple of things about him. Uh, he had a run later on in ECW. He had a wild man character and stuff. The Salvatore Belomo that I knew in the mid-80s, I used to kind of joke about him a bit because he was the least intimidating looking wrestler <laughs> in the history of professional wrestling. Nigel's got a photo from his the 80s. Go ahead and put that up, Nigel. That was Salvatore Belomo right oh, there. Wow. Yeah, that was the classic WWF Salvatore Belomo. And uh, I got to tell this story. Some people may have heard it before. Back in the 80s, there was a lot more racist stuff and stereotypical stuff, oh, right, that was said. Roddy Piper as a heel in the mid-80s, the guy said stuff you could never get away with now. And back in those days, New York was their epicenter. Madison Square Garden, they ran monthly shows. And Roddy Piper used to do live Piper's Pits in the ring. And you can imagine, Sean, Madison Square Garden, they had a massive uh, live audience with Italians and different ethnicities. And I yeah. will never I will never forget Roddy Piper's doing a live Piper's Pit. People are going to find this offensive, but I'm just going to tell the story the way Roddy Piper said it. You're gonna, you might find it offensive. Roddy Piper's doing a, yeah. Roddy Piper's doing a live Piper's Pit. Salvatore Belomo comes out because I think the guest was supposed to be the junkyard dog and he wanted to tell the, uh, Piper the junkyard dog's hurt and he's not going to be able to do the pit. So Salvatore yeah. Belomo comes out and Piper looks at him and he goes, what are you doing here, WAP? I didn't order no pizza. <sighs> and because this was like 85 and he was live at Massachusetts Garden, the heat shone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When Piper said that. And you could never say that now. Never say that now. You'd lose your job if he said that now. Do you know that but, Sal wrestled as recently as under four months ago? I actually did not. For yeah. who? For who? Uh, POW in, uh, I don't know, It's a. I think it's a Dutch promotion. But, oh. yeah, he, he worked as a trainer and a lot of stuff like that. But okay. uh, rest in peace to Sal okay. Belomo. Interesting. Well, sorry about Salvatore Belomo. My condolences to his family. Uh, I want to move on, and I want to give uh, kudos to Kofi Kingston. Working an hour on SmackDown this week. And you know, Sean, you know what I love about some of the social media trolls, Sean? What? And I just smile. So Sean Ross Sapp broke the story two, three days ago <laughs> that uh, Mustafa Ali was going to be out of the Elimination Chamber due to injury, right? So Sean broke that story. Not but, a story I like to break, by the no, way. No, but, but he did break the news. When uh, SmackDown was going on the air this week, people, because I happened to uh, log into Twitter... People were shitting on Sean, saying, oh, there you go, you were wrong again, you long-haired fuck. All this kind of stuff they're saying to Sean. Long-haired freak. Long-haired freak. freak. My apologies. But they were giving you crap, 
And to your credit, Sean, all you said was, are you watching the show? Because yeah. then if you watch the show, sure enough, Mustafa Ali was taken out of the Elimination Chamber match. Oh, yeah. So, uh, gotta love those people on social media, but good, good for Kofi Kingston. That's a major opportunity for him. He went an hour. He cleanly pinned the WWE champion, as well as Jeff Hardy and Samoa Joe. So, good for him, man. Good opportunity. He's a, he's a veteran. He's been there a long time. It made me so happy. This, I loved SmackDown last night, and nothing makes me happy. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic when I review Raw and SmackDown anyway. Ultimately, mm-hmm. It's my job to watch wrestling. That's super cool. So when I get to watch a good, good show, and, you know, I got a lot of attention on Reddit for my, how I pointed out the six-man tag on Monday. No point. 41 minutes. Yes. And it didn't build anything. Yeah. I don't think it built anything. Then on SmackDown, you had a match with stakes, albeit negligible stakes like this. I appreciate the fact that WWE is saying, Okay, let's let's make some of these pointless matches matter. Let's let's m- make it determine who goes in first or who goes in last to these matches. Yep. I like that and I appreciate that. And they showed how you build a contender in one night. One night they took Kofi Kingston from a smiling dancing tag team babyface mm-hmm. to a main event caliber wrestler and I heard all due respect to Meltzer, I heard on his podcast, he goes, Kofi couldn't wrestle Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. And I'm thinking, why couldn't he after that? He could. I mean, they're not going to be the main event anyway. No, no. They're not going to be the main event. They're not going to yeah. be two from the top. They're probably yeah. not going to be three from the top. Yeah. But there's no reason why the crowd couldn't get behind him. He could. On oh, that. yeah. And Especially when you've got Big E and Xavier Woods out there. They could have some fun with that, I think. Yeah, so. and I was told that Ali was intended for that type of spotlight, which is a real bummer for him. And I've got more on that on the Fightful Report podcast. I don't have as much time to get into it here, but that is a bummer. And he wanted to stay in the match, and a lot of people thought that maybe he actually sustained this concussion last Tuesday and tried to tough it out. And, I mean, they like him. They like him a whole lot. I hear nothing but positive things about Mustafa. Daniel Bryan went out of his way to want to work with him. But uh, i got to give Daniel Bryan a a bunch of credit, too, because he is making people on this show. I think, I think all Brian wants is to have good matches. I don't think he cares wins and losses. Isn't, you know I mean? isn't it amazing? Monday mm-hmm. night, ice cold crowd, mm-hmm. dead crowd, revival, Chad Gable, Bobby Roode, no real heat to that. Get that crowd going. Mm-hmm. Tuesday night, you have a tag team wrestler who gets over via wrestling. That's mm-hmm. it. Wrestling can tell the story. A lot of mm-hmm. people say, oh, there are no stories. Wrestling can be the story. Yeah, yeah. It can be. I was going to talk about this later, but I guess we'll touch upon it now because you just talked about the raw six-man tag going 41 minutes with, and like you said, meant nothing, finish meant nothing, wasn't anything special. Uh, and what kills me about this is that, so the, the whole belief as to why did they do it is because they got three hours to fill and they don't have enough depth, mm-hmm. right? That's the belief. They don't have enough depth. Uh, sure, Brock isn't full-time. Uh, Roman Reigns is injured right now, well, or, you know, getting treatment. Seth Rollins is dealing with an injury, so they're taking their time with him. So I understand they had a few guys not available, but you can't tell me that there's not depth. I did a really quick look, uh, on the uh, Raw roster and people that didn't wrestle on the show. Mm-hmm. And obviously Brock is one of them. Ronda Rousey, they did nothing with her on the show. Nothing. They had her in the ring at the end for two minutes. Uh, Apollo Crews wasn't on the show. The B team wasn't on the show. Ryder and Hawkins weren't on the show. Dolph Ziggler, I guess he's on hiatus again. The Lucha House Party looked like idiots with Elias for five minutes. Mojo Raleigh didn't even get a mirror promo this week, so that might yeah. be out, that might be done after two weeks. 
Mo- Mojo uh, Raleigh, nothing. Hey, remember last week when Dana Brooks showed up backstage and said, I'm getting a match with you next week, Natalia? Right. Nothing. Nothing. What what about this Ryder and Hawkins thing? I'm all give them something. What about they Lucy were... Evans? Where the hell did she go? Main event. <laughs> so she's down on main event. Yeah. Now, Ambrose and EC three, they they work two minutes. Yeah. Like you can't tell me they could have given them ten and cut the tag to thirty? Oh, not not to mention Ruby Riot, no wins this year. None. Right. Her highlight match was against Nikki Cross, so she could get a win. Right. Her last win was like October. So right. they, they need to highlight this woman. What do they do during the match? They go and they full screen Becky and Rhonda. We right. couldn't have given two minutes of that off that six man tag. Right. And we I know that that Dana Brooke Natalia match five to six minutes. Yep. Yep. And I know that Vincent Mann is probably just thinking, well, you know, of this list, these guys aren't superstars, right? This is probably sure. his mentality. But they just showed it with Kofi on Tuesday. Yeah. You could take one of these guys, put them in a prominent spot, and they can get over. Yeah. So when I hear about, oh, they did this useless tag for 41 minutes because they don't have depth. It's Yeah, it's not because weak. of depth. It's no. because they got lazy about something. Yeah, it's weak. It's it's weak. It's, it's dumb. They, they have stars. And also... Stars will be at StarCast in <laughs> in May. Hopefully, Jimmy will be there. I'll be there. Andrew will be there. We're going to talk to a lot of people. Our buddy Shane Helms, I don't know how it works, but he's going to be there, even though he's working for WWE. But I spoke to Conrad about StarCast, about his AEW affiliation, and how that works with his uh, WWE show that he had. Take a listen. Clearly had a relationship with WWE with the something else to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard podcast. We've seen how they've reacted to some stuff in relation to AEW. Uh, have you had any contact with them since the announcement of AEW or since the announcement of StarCast 2? Yeah, I, I'm friendly with a lot of those guys and nobody has, has said anything negative to me about either either front. You know, everybody I've talked to about AEW sees it as a good thing for the business. And I think a lot of people are uh, rightfully so taking a wait and see approach. Uh, and, and I think that's the right thing to do. I, I don't think it's, it's smart to sort of overreact. Uh, well, let's let it be what it is and not have a different set of expectations because so many people are quick to say, Oh, this is WCW. What, what, what's wrong with just letting it be AEW and, you know, just enjoy it for what it is and don't, necessarily try to forecast what it will or won't be uh but no i i do have a good terms and a good relationship with wwe and uh, i'm not crossed with them and and we haven't fallen out of favor and i know everybody wants to jump to the rumor and innuendo that oh this means there's definitely no uh second season of something else to wrestle with that's not true no one's ever said that you know we signed up to do one season with the understanding that it would be like a regular TV show that uh, it's going to drop around the same time at the same time of year, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, even you go back and you look at um, the Edge and Christian show. I mean, how long was yeah. between season one and season two? It was forever, but that doesn't mean they're gone. It just means people are doing different things, but they were never cross. It just wasn't the right time. The, right, the timing wasn't right. And uh, I haven't had one crossword, nor has Bruce, with anyone from WWE about anything with AEW or StarCast or anything like that, because everybody who paid attention last year at StarCast knows that it wasn't a Ring of Honor event. It wasn't a WWE event. It wasn't an Impact event. It was just a wrestling convention, not unlike 
WrestleCon or NWA Legends Fan Fest or any of those, with the exception of there was there were stage shows. Uh, but really, that's the only difference, uh, and it's not necessarily owned by any company. It's it's owned by an individual, which is weird to say, but StarCast is a Conrad thing, not an AEW thing. But we do have all of my AEW friends there, just like I, I was at the AEW rally when, when it was like the kickoff rally. I don't work for AEW, but Tony Khan's my friend, and he asked me to do it, and I jumped at the chance to do so. Check out more info on StarCast at their website. Uh, we have our full interview with Conrad Thompson up on FightfulWrestling.com and our YouTube page. We have a shoot interview section where you all can see a bunch of our interviews. We're constantly updating that. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we're going to be there and we're going to get some good interviews. I was telling uh, James, like, I've never met Bill After before. Yes. Uh, Is he going to be there? Me- Yes. Guy I'd who love gave to me, meet Bill after. Love guy who Bill gave after. me my start. I've never got to meet him before. I am very, very excited. At the very least, I'll be in Vegas. Media credentials or not, I'm going to Vegas, going to get some content. Very excited for that because, as I was telling you, that's something we usually have freelancers do. But I was like, you know what? Andrew's going. I like that he took that initiative. I'm going to go too. So you ever been to be Vegas before? I've never been west of San Antonio. <laughs> And I'd like to pretend that that didn't happen. So I'll say I've never been west of Indianapolis. (laughs) Have you ever, are you a gambler at all? I mean, I left the world's most visited wrestling website for Fightful.com, rolled the dice and came up sevens there, didn't I? Is that the right term? Fair, fair. There we go. All right. Well, let's, I want to move on and talk about uh, the whole talent war thing. Uh, so first there was the AEW, uh, double or nothing ticket rally in Vegas last week. Yeah. They sold out, uh, double or nothing. Good for them. Uh, at the MGM Grand. Kenny Omega officially signed four year deal. Uh, he gets to continue working with New Japan just like Chris Jericho. They made him an executive vice president, Sean. And I, I almost feel like, man, are they going to end up with a stable on TV called the EVPs? And then what happens if there's like a blow up? Are they going to have the EVP black and white and the EVP wolf pack? I, you know my feeling on it. I just don't think it's good business. They got way too many EVPs, all active wrestlers. But, uh, but Omega's a great pickup. Great pickup. And, and him and Jericho are going to tear, tear down the house, I think. The other thing about the uh, rally, and I know you talked about it, uh, on other podcasts, we had kind of joked about how at the first, uh, rally or whatever they did, they were very stereotypically white indie looking wrestlers that they kept on introducing. And this time they went much more diverse. So they had Sonny Kiss, who's a gay black pro wrestler. Uh, you yeah. might know from Lucha Underground. Uh, the Lucha Bros, Pentagon and Phoenix, although I don't think they're exclusive, right? Cause they're still doing no, they're the, not. uh, they're not. still doing the major league wrestling thing. Uh, and Nyla Rose, the first transgender female wrestler. They didn't mention anything about it either, which I thought was the right thing to do. Yeah, because you don't want to put the spotlight on that yes. right then. But she's, but I, sorry, I was going to say she's the first transgender wrestler to sign with a major promotion. Uh, and so Nyla Rose is going to be at Double or Nothing. And then the other name that I thought was very interesting was Aja Kong. Yeah, I love it. That was it. an interesting name. Oh, yeah. What is she, like 50? She, I don't think she's 50. She was very, very young when WWE... She, she'd be 48 now. 48. Yeah. Now, did they bring her in because she owns a women's promotion in Japan and they want to have that conduit? Is that the main reason? I, be, right? would, I would suspect so. Yeah. But, yeah. man, I, I don't know what they're going to do with her. I don't know if they're going to have her in a singles match. 
depending on the way that the Lucha Underground stuff goes, and I was, if I were AEW, I would be like bringing in Ivelisse and Mercedes Martinez to uh, team up against Aja Kong and, uh, gosh, what's the other woman's um, name? Yuka Sakazaki. Yeah. I, would, I, would, I would do that. I would do Las Sicarias against those two because Merce- I don't know how Mercedes isn't signed right now. And Eva Lee would be a good pickup, too. I know yeah. she's having issues with Lucha Underground, but she'd be a good Which pickup, too. we did interview her. It was so awkward because I interviewed her about this. I interviewed her ahead of the Ladies' Night Out show. We're going to show you guys that interview next week, but this was hours before she got added to the uh, the class action lawsuit. And I was like, hey, what's your status? She goes, well, <laughs> and couldn't really say a lot about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. She was like, obviously, if it hasn't been announced, yeah. there you go. But yeah. the study, I, it was funny. I told you in the chat, it wrestling fans can be real weird, man. By far, Sunny Kiss's roster announcement is the most viewed announcement we have from that show. But it has a ton of dislikes, which means there were some homophobes that came to hate watch it. Right. I'm like, that's like they showed up just to. Yep. Oh, what? Why would they do this? Yeah. Not yeah. my wrestling. I feel like we've talked about this before, but have you seen Howard Stern's private parts? I have. And you know the scene where they're looking at the, the ratings breakdown and the people that hated him were watching longer per day on average than the people that loved him? Oh yeah, I mean that's reality. I hate watch us all the time. Yeah, that's reality. And then when they were asked in a survey, so if you hate him, why are you watch them? And the answer was because I want to. I want to hear what he's going to say next. Oh well, that's fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, uh, I, I like I like their signings. I think they diversified well. They did. They had to. Yeah, Kota Ibushi resigned with New Japan for two years. Surprised. Uh, well, so that is surprising. But I think what we have to wait and see is what happens with the potential partnership with New Japan and AEW. Because uh, I know that uh, New Japan has kind of said, you know, we're on board with Ring of Honor, and they and they kind of said that that partnership is solidified. But uh, they want Kenny Omega, they want Chris Jericho. AEW is going to let them continue working with both of them, and that's strategic. AEW is doing that because they want that partnership so that they can get to guys like Kota Ibushi. Yep. So you never know what's going to happen by the fall when they're looking to do TV tapings. You never know. I mean, that's still a long time away. And right. Kenny Omega said that he would expect Ibushi over there sometime, not right. like this year or double or nothing, but right. that Kota has a school in Japan. And meanwhile, Kenny is going to relocate to the U.S. for this. Is so, he? Yeah, that's what he says. So Okay, okay. So that, that's big as well. But when I look at things and I'm like, man, ROH is benefiting a lot more from this New Japan relationship than the other way around because now yes. they have Juice Robinson on their show yes. who is going to be a star. Juice Robinson is going to be an American star and is going to be in very, very, very high demand in a few years when his contract is up. New IWGP heavyweight champion Switchblade Jay White's going to make appearances, I'm sure, for Ring of Honor mm-hmm. here and there. He has in the past. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Ring of Honor has that they can provide New Japan besides American distribution and television exposure on their syndicated shows and a pretty sound and effective live event strategy. You don't think PCO can sell it to Tokyo Dome? I, I don't, but I think that he <laughs> honestly is one of the most important tools that they have to provide he, well, New right Japan now. right now. Yeah, he is right now, yeah. Uh, a couple other talent-related uh, pieces. Daniel Bryan, so he has revealed that he signed a three-year contract. So with WWE, so he's going to be around to the fall of 2021. Then the other one is Batista. Now, yeah. my opinion, and you can tell me what you've heard. My opinion is that this is all this is this is a story about nothing. 
So Pro Wrestling Sheet reported that Batista is still talking to WWE about WrestleMania, but that AEW is also interested and he's also talking to them. Uh, my opinion, I have not talked to Dave Batista, so strictly my opinion. I don't think that Dave Batista, I realize he loves pro wrestling and I realize that he said at one point, oh, I would just do live events because I. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply hate the yeah. politics and all that. I think that he wants to do WrestleMania. Like I don't think that yeah. he's I don't think he's just thinking, "Oh, I miss being in the ring and so I'll continue I'll consider AEW because I miss being in the ring." A mania program before retirement is what he wants. And so I personally don't see how AEW could be a fit for him when he doesn't need the money. Uh, I don't think he's clamoring to work with Kenny Omega the way the Jericho was, you know what I mean? He wants a program with Triple H, he wants to do WrestleMania and that's what he wants. I can't pretend to know his uh, motivations for any of that stuff because it's hard for me to tell, especially in a changing wrestling landscape where a lot of people are asking out of their deals or being willing to talk. I mean, Mm. Dave Bautista has never known a landscape like this. Mm. He's a 50-year-old man who has never known this. I mean, WCW told him to hit the bricks. They they said no to him. Yeah, but this isn't something that he's going to do for the money at this point. Sure, He He wants a program at Triple H and he wants to retire. But I, I man, the, the prevailing thought for a lot of people is, I can't believe you would even report that Randy Orton is open to talking to them. I can't believe you even report that the Usos haven't resigned. Why would they? I'm like, why would? Why wouldn't they? Oh, the why Usos for sure. The Usos for sure would consider it. I think. The, why wouldn't they just see what's up? Yeah. What? What should keep them from that? Randy Orton has never known a landscape like this. Mm-hmm. People say, oh, he's a WWE lifer. Well, yeah. Are you going to New Japan? No. What, is he going to... This isn't like something like that. We still don't even know what AEW is. No. We know that they can sell out 10,000 seats, two events in a row. We know yeah, that. Yeah, six months, six months apart, though. Yeah. So we, like, we know what, once can... you're doing weekly TV, are they going to be talking about, about doing stadiums? No. Sure. That's, no. All, that's all we know right now is that they've been able to sell out with these guys all in, they were able to sell out double or nothing. Other right. than that, we don't know. So maybe there's some masterful business strategy that we don't know about yet that Chris Harrington probably learned working at Fightful.com. <laughs> and it'll just lure everybody over. Got to say, though, novelty or not, Sengler to the MGM Grand in 30 minutes, good for them. That is fantastic. Good it's good for wrestling. That's still very impressive. Yeah, it's good for wrestling. And I and I think it shows you the... the uh, the brand value in the elite, in, in the Bucks and in Cody and Omega and Hangman Page, there is value there. And, and once again, they have proven that you don't need weekly TV to draw. Yeah. Because I, they don't have weekly TV and they sold out the MGM Grand in 30 minutes. Ever since I so. realized that they were pushing the elite name over Bullet Club when they would, I thought that was a brilliant idea. thought it was oh, a they had to. Yeah, idea. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to talk a few more things about AEW. So they, uh, they've announced a partnership with AAA in Mexico. But apparently it's not going to affect Impact's relationship with them, although who knows about Impact these days. Yeah. Uh, Russell Talk reported that they have monthly shows planned out after Double or Nothing up until October when they're planning to start their weekly tapings. I've so, heard this Royal Albert Hall show might be a little premature. 
Uh, but it makes sense, though, because they own Fulham FC, right? Yeah. So they've got, I'm sure they've got connections in London because Shad Khan owns Fulham FC in the Premier League, so that kind of makes sense. Uh, Jacksonville in July, they're looking at doing a uh, sequel to All In in September at the Sears Center Chicago that they might call All Out, whatever. Uh, and then they're looking at doing their weekly tapings in October uh, uh, on whatever network they're going to sign with. So they got all that going, which is really good. Now, on the other side of the coin, uh, I don't want to be a broken record talking about the business aspect of things, but you you played the premiere. You showed me this audio clip from uh, Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer Radio. Uh, I want to play this clip. I think it was Les Moore from Talking Sheet that kind of put a spotlight on this. Play this clip, Nigel, and then I want to talk about it. You know, if you're going to compete with WWE, you have to have TV money. And in the long run, especially because of, you know, these guys are making big money. You know, I mean, even guys that you don't know are making, you know, there are guys that you've probably never heard of um, that have not been announced yet that are, you know, making six figures when, when when they sign up for this company. So I want to say it again, and we, we talked about this before. So Shad Khan obviously has connections, right? He owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. He owns Fulham FC in the Premier League. Whatever TV deal they're working on, he's, I'm sure, the, the, the guy making it happen. He's a billionaire businessman. And so if they're able to land a big TV rights deal, and everybody says they're working on one with Turner, if they're able to land a big TV rights deal for guaranteed money in the U.S., then all of these, what I consider to be missteps, are forgiven. Because sure. then they'll have that money coming in. But what people have to remember is that Tony Khan is not the money. Tony Khan is not the billionaire businessman. Tony Khan is a wrestling fan with his father's ear. That's who Tony Khan is. And they're doing AEW because he's a wrestling fan. He's a fan of being the elite. He went to All In last year. That's why they're doing this. And when you hear stories about giving guys... Meltzer didn't mean to shit on talent when he said guys nobody's heard of. He was talking about, the, you know, I guess the casual television audience... They don't know who a lot of these guys are. If they're giving them guaranteed six-figure contracts, it's a misstep. It is. Yeah. If, they're, if they're giving Jericho a reported $3 million a year to, to do how many dates this year, Sean? Maybe uh, 20? Yeah. Maybe? That's a misstep. Uh, Cody is getting a seven-figure salary as an EVP. Kenny Omega is getting a seven-figure salary as an EVP. The Young Bucks are getting seven-figure salaries as an EVP. Before they do one show, they have a multi-multi-million dollar payroll that they have to cover. Then on top of that, they're giving a couple of the talent's wives executive positions in the company. I don't know if they're executive positions. I would call a chief brand officer an executive position. Okay, Brandy, yeah. I thought you meant, I I don't know Dana Massey's role in the company. I I assume because she was shown in the contract signing thing, but. Right, right. I mean, yeah, I can tell you that I've already went through Brandy for some PR stuff, so I mean. Sure. I mean, hey, I mean that's her, that's her, that's her job, right? I'm just saying that, that if it was me, I would not give active talent that kind of money. I would not give them that kind of stroke. I would sure as hell not hire their wives in executive positions. From the, from the outside looking in, it's just really bad business. But again, if they're able to land a big rights fee deal because of Shad Khan, then you're getting your money out of it. And I, you know, they might have to deal with the politics down the road and egos down the road. And it wouldn't really shock me if two years down the road we find out that one of the guys is leaving because of, you know, hard feelings or politics or something, because that's what you get when you put active talent in these positions. Well, I am looking forward to you starting up a Canadian school and hiring my wife as the principal. (laughs) I mean, she's almost through college. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Let's just go ahead and mark that one down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Actually, Mm -hmm. considering the, uh, 
things I've been hearing about Toronto weather this week, maybe that's not such a great idea. It's been a shitty week. A shitty heard. couple of weeks. Melissa was flat out angry at me this morning when I yeah. told her how long it takes me to get six miles away. I have a flat roof on my house, and I had to shit on my electrician because I got heaters put on my roof. Jimmy! What? Damn. You just say you had to shit on your roof. No, I had to shit on my electrician. Uh, not on my roof. Why would I shit on a flat roof? It's not going to roll anywhere, Sean. I had to piss all over my roof. It was the only thing that would melt the snow. Although I might have had to because he didn't get my heaters working that I wanted up there to prevent leaks. But anyway, uh, one other thing that I guess isn't really AEW related, but sort of, you took it upon yourself to post on social media that I was going to do a rundown on LGNs or something. Yeah, damn right. What was that? What did I you say? Saw, I saw Matt Jackson or Nick Jackson, can't remember which one, post the new LGNs. And you've, you've run down the situation, really, quite frankly, better than anybody else in wrestling media could, right. how they are able to do this. Right. And I wanted your thoughts based on initial impressions of what you see. Okay, well, we got the images. So anybody that's not familiar with the original LGN, the original LGN was a toy company. They also made video games back in the mid-'80s. Real bad ones. Yeah, I, what, what, what did they have again on Friday the 13th? A bunch of licensed stuff. Right, movie stuff, right? Jaws yeah. or something? WWF games, too. So uh, so the old WWF action figure line was very popular with uh, in, in the 80s, did very well. By 1989, LJN was in financial trouble. Uh, they sold the rights to the action figures to a company in Canada called Grand Toys. They released one more line in 89, then they went out of business. Uh, recently, within the last year, the LGN trademarks have been purchased by other people. Uh, the clothing, like the, the right to use the logo on clothing was purchased by a guy that I know because he, he does collectibles and stuff. The action figure uh, rights were purchased by a clothing company. And uh, so they are the ones that are producing this new line because they now have the rights to the LGN branding. And uh, the Young Bucks, back in December, they posted the first kind of tease image of their LGN action figures in the box. Put up that first photo, the one in the box, Nigel. That was the first one that they put up. Now, when I first saw that photo, the first thing I thought of is that they're not going to be to scale compared to the originals. Like, they look like they're going to be a lot smaller. But most recently, the Young Bucks posted a new one where they have them next to the original LGN action figures. And you can see that they actually are about the same size. Put up that other photo. There they are with an original stud and an original Randy uh, Macho Man Savage. You can see that they are pretty much the same size. Uh, you wanted to know my thoughts on them. To me, they don't look like the original LGNs. They look like the Jack Specific LGNs, which yeah. if anybody ever collected those, we have a couple examples. Put up, uh, what do we have, Scene in the Rock? Yeah, yeah put up one of those. Sure. So this was an LGN-style line that was done by Jack Specific when they had the WWE license. That's The Rock. Put up the one of Cena. You can see how those look. If you, if you, if you were to put those side-by-side side with the Bucks versus the original LGN line, this is what they, the, one, the new ones kind of look more like to me. They're kind of almost more to scale. They're not as cartoonish with the silly, you know, oversized muscles and all that kind of stuff. But they're all right. Am I going to collect them? No, they're not the Why original. Not? They're not Why the not? original. So, huh. but now what I haven't heard uh, is it going to be an AEW line or an independent line? I haven't found out yet. I, I, I think an ask. independent line. I think. Yeah, I'll ask. I think that I just think it's kind of cool. I mean, capitalize yeah. on it. Why not? Sure. I mean, think it's a good idea. No, for sure, for sure. And they will 100% sell them. But I, I'll tell you the major difference. In the 80s, you sold them to kids that wanted to play with them. 2019, it's going to be adults buying that shit. 
and they're going to keep them in the package because they think it's going to go up in value, even though they won't because everybody keeps them in the package. But <laughs> that's what's going to be happening. Yeah. All right, let's go to stupid people. Okay. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. I'm working on a new video bumper for that, Sean. I heard the first audio yesterday. So maybe maybe I'll let you give it a little listen. So uh, this first one sent in by Quaka Brenda at Nerd Brenda on Twitter, reported by WGN Chicago on February 6th. I actually Googled Quaka oh because I didn't know what the hell that was. Quaka <laughs> Flame? So I, I wondered if it was some reference to, like, the bear from the Muppets or something because I think he used to say Waka Waka Waka, didn't he? <laughs> But quokka is actually a little animal in Australia. That's what a quokka is. It's like a, a little furry, cute little animal in Australia. So anyway, quokka Brenda sent this in. Have you heard about the boiling water challenge, Sean? Yeah. Where they throw it up in the air. Yes. Not the one where they drink it, which was also a boiling water challenge. Oh, this one is where if it's like cold temperatures outside, you, you go outside and you throw it up in the air. And we have an example of one that was done. Put up this, this example, Nigel. So last week, there was a polar vortex in Chicago, right? And the frigid temperatures caused people to want to take the boiling water challenge because that's what they wanted to do, get viral videos out of it. There was a problem. What do you think the problem was, Sean? People were pouring boiling water on themselves. Yes, people have bad aim. Uh, according to the Loyola University Medical Center in Chicago, in a very short period of time, eight people had to be treated for significant burns after they took the boiling water challenge and failed. They either sprayed boiling water onto their feet, onto their faces, onto their bodies, or onto bystanders while they were doing it. That's right, Nigel. <laughs> I don't want to boil water for anything in general, much, especially for an Instagram post. Eggs? No, not for eggs. I usually fry my eggs. Oh, you fry them. Okay, okay. Well, there you go. This one was sent in by Jocelyn, who's a member of my staff. Oh, which is Jocelyn. A first. Yeah, Jocelyn. And it was reported by Global News in Canada. Uh, all I have to do for this story, Sean, is put up the headline, because the headline's going to tell you the whole thing, all right? Okay. Nigel, put up the headline. Customers continue to line up at drive-thru as Winnipeg A&W burns to the ground. Wow. That's all I have to put up. I don't really oh. have to do anything else. So we've already got it. Okay, here's here's the deal. This Wednesday we review abducted in plain sight. I think in two weeks we got to review like an A and W burger and root beer. You want to do that? Yeah, I've got an A and A and W which is near my home, sort of. It's in my wife's college town. Mm -hmm. It can happen. Well, this was in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Fire crews, try to envision this, all right? So fire crews were battling a blaze that ended up destroying the building because it was, it was serious. There was heavy smoke billowing out the roof. I saw pictures as part of that story. It's clear as day that there's fire trucks there and there's, there's smoke billowing out, out of the roof. Water up in the air. Idiots kept lining up at the drive-thru to order their hamburgers while all of that shit was going down. I've never had food from A&W. I've only, I've never, Never had it, so I've got to try it. i got to see if it's that good. I guess it must be. I don't know. It's Winnipeg. Maybe they had the Omega Special. I don't know, Sean. 
but people were lining up at the drive-through as the thing burned down. So that was awesome. Last one, SRS file reported by the Daily Mail on February 6th. Are you into emojis? Kinda. Are you, Nigel? Well, I don't know if I'm into them, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I am not an emoji guy. The only one I ever use is a smiley face. That's about it. You not use lots of emojis on Skype. Me? Yes. Smiley face. What else do you ever see me use on Skype? You doubt our own success. You're like, maybe they're bots. <laughs> Smirk face emoji. Yeah, I'm sure I did. Maybe. Sure I did. Sure I did. Maybe yeah. they're fraud. Right. That's Who what knows? I did. Yeah. Couldn't that's what be I did. because we do work. Right. Right. Yeah. With a little monocle. That yeah. I, that's exactly what I did. Exactly what I did. Yeah. Oh, I, I use 30 or 40 different ones a day, Sean. Cowboy hat that gets pushed up. Yeah. So anyway, Apple is going to be re- releasing 270 new emojis across all of their phones. One of them is getting a lot of attention. Oh. Any idea what one is getting Just a lot of attention? Put a whole dick because people are t- tired of using the eggplant. You're close. Put it up. It's a small dick emoji. Oh, shoot! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Good. it's a small penis emoji. And as you notice, put that back up for a second. Uh, sure. They're going to be using a wider range of skin tones. Good. <laughs> so that's only two. They're going to have them in different skin tones. You see Homer Simpson's dick, and it's real small. There you go. <laughs> yep, the small penis emoji. Coming I to love an, it. Coming oh, to an Apple of, product near you. Lots of people are going to get put on blast and screenshotted and posted online for that. I mean, that's going to happen a lot. Yep. yep. Let's talk about WWE Tag Team Rules. So uh, it only took one week, Sean. It only took one week for the inconsistencies to show themselves. So last week on Raw, everybody saw this. It was uh, Braun Strowman and Kurt Angle against Baron Corbin and I think it might have been Drew McIntyre. And Braun Strowman got disqualified because he was the illegal man. Baron Corbin was the legal man. Braun hit Baron Corbin and he got disqualified. When that happened, everybody thought, well, this is a stupid-ass finish and it makes no sense and it's sloppy and blah, 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 blah. Good old Dash Wilder took it upon himself to post on Twitter tag team rules in order to explain the, the legitimacy of that finish. Put up that uh, screenshot of that tweet. This is from Dash Wilder. Illegal guy can hit illegal guy. Legal can hit legal. Legal can hit illegal. But illegal can't just come in and punch the legal. Okay, does that all make sense, what he's saying? Yeah. And what Braun Strowman did, Braun Strowman was the uh, fourth one. Illegal guy can't hit legal, so he got disqualified. This week on SmackDown, there was a tag team match. Uh, I think it was the the, the four-team match to determine yep. who's going to enter first, right? One of the teams is Tamina and uh, and Nia Jax. Another one is Bailey and Sasha. Bailey is in the ring with, uh, I forget who she was in the ring with, but it, it sure as hell wasn't Nia Jax or, or Tamina. Tamina entered the ring as the illegal person, hit Bailey, who was the legal person, ended up setting Bailey up for the loss. And what did the referee do, Sean? What did the referee do? He looked at Tamina and he did the classic, come on! Yeah. Come on! (laughs) And did not disqualify her. So they took one week to fuck it up already, Sean. Yep, no consistency. I thought that was stupid. That's that's another reason why I thought this week's 41-minute six-man tag was a waste. Because we already saw last week them waste our time. Yes. Then, then we got it again this week and yes, uh, because of that stupid finish that we saw last week. And then just 
abandoned. Enforce yes. the rules. Rules make for effective storytelling. Yes, and it, it's just so sloppy. It's sloppy and lazy. It's like they don't they don't have anything creative to do, so they just come up with whatever they can get them out of the situation. Uh, this next point is not going to be popular, but I'm going to say it anyway. I do not agree with them putting the tag belts on the revival. I don't agree with it. Go ahead. Uh, not because the revival doesn't deserve it. They deserve it. They're a great tag team. They've worked hard. They deserve it as much as any tag team does in the company. The reason I don't agree with it is because what kind of a precedent are you setting? And, and this will be a question I want to ask you, Sean. What kind of a precedent are you setting when members of your talent roster go to you, say, we want a release. We're not happy with creative. We want a release. You ask them to stick around, and like two, three weeks later, you put the belts on them. I don't know. I've never had anybody come to me and say, I want to quit my job. I don't <laughs> like it. But uh, the thing is... What kind of precedent are you setting with that, Sean? I don't know about precedent, but they weren't wrong. No. I'm not. And again, the Revivals, like I said, they're a good tag team and they deserve to win the titles. But if it was me, if I'm the decision maker, you can still put them on TV. You can still put them in a prominent spot. Don't make them your champions three weeks after they ask for the release. It's Here's a bad thing. precedent. If this were the Ascension, I would agree. If it weren't two guys that could deliver, that didn't just go out there and take a dead, I mean RIP, in the ground, dead crowd, and got them to chant, this is awesome, with a cold wrestling, a not-announced tag title match beforehand, I would agree. But I think that these guys can, and Rude and Gable, it, man, I tag team wrestling should be highlighted. Sure. I've said it a million times. Two people can play off of each other. You can build a lot of single stars by making your tag division more important. That's what they what? used to do. Okay, Kofi Kingston. You, you put him in one singles match. You treat him like a star, and people believed it that night. You you do that. I mean, I mean, look I, at you better. You better believe AEW is going to do it. You better believe one of the Jackson brothers is going to have a singles run at the top of the card at some point. It's going to happen. You remember um, the old days, right? The old days, there was two things they did on a regular. They would take a member of a tag team, and after he was established, he'd go singles. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels are the first yeah. two that come to mind, right? Arn Anderson's another one. The other thing they used to do is they would use the Intercontinental Title as the springboard to the main event. And Sometimes. they did it. They did it a lot. They did it a lot in the '80s. They did it into the '90s, and it well, wasn't until I mean, late Bruce '90s, early 2000s. Never did that. You know, Santana never did that. Brutus Beefcake never. I don't think was Beefcake wasn't the Intercontinental Champion, but but I mean, perfect. He didn't win the WWE title, yeah. but he was a top guy for sure. Well, yeah, it would it would definitely put them in that discussion. But you had like Texas Tornado and the Mountie and British Bulldog, Honky Tonk Man, who could get those title those WWE title matches, but not necessarily. Oh no! What happened, Nigel? What are you doing, man? We just lost Sean oh, Rossap. Oh. oh, you're back! You're back. The Kentucky, the Kentucky. Oh, there you go. No, I'm here. How's I'm the weather in you in Kentucky right now, Nigel? Oh, what'd you do? I didn't touch a thing. Let's hit speedtest.net. I'm trying to make points about the myth of the Intercontinental Title. As Melissa's sitting next to you, you were too controversial for the internet. Apparently. You were too controversial for the internet. I was, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. If if this were a different team under a different set of circumstances, I would agree with you. If but it's a team that deserves it. That oh, they do go, definitely. Not just that. Not just going to bat for them. They were going to bat for the whole division and people who are going to come up in that division. And 
it's not like they didn't have time on this WWE show to make tag teams important. They do. Sure. Oh, they, I mean, they definitely deserve it. But here's the problem now. You know that right now, Vince McMahon and WWE, they really don't want to lose anybody right now, right? And right now, they want everybody to right. sign contracts, and they're on the Usos to resign, and like they really want everybody to sign. If you're a guy like Rusev, who you know AEW would take like this, right? Yeah. Rusev should just ask for his release. Because he doesn't like where he's at creatively, and if anything, they've set this precedent now where Rusev, Rusev asked for his release. He's going to be U.S. champion next week on SmackDown. Well, That's kind of the precedent. A couple weeks saying. ago, but yeah. But By you get way, my point, right? My Kentucky internet's sitting at like 120 Mbps right now. I'm just what sure, happened? Sure. What happened? Doing all right. On, sure. So on my monitor, you're a little bit pixelated. Yeah, I can see you. You are kind of as well. Fine on mine. I want to ask you this question, Sean. What's going on with the Babyface heel turns on a dime, no explanation, because we're seeing it a lot now, all of a sudden. What's going on with that? Because, okay, so you've got Rusev, uh, who was over with the Rusev Day thing, and they turned him heel by having him tag up with Shinsuke Nakamura uh, against R-True. That's one. You have Elias, who was over as a babyface, and he turned heel really for no reason other than to feud with Jeff Jarrett and tell the people to shut up. That was number two. Ambrose and EC3, Sean. I'm completely completely befuddled by this whole thing. So Dean Ambrose this week was playing the good guy in their match. EC3 this week was working as the bad guy in their match. Last week they were the other way. Why, Sean? Why? I've asked and I haven't been given an answer. It's it's very much on the whim, very, very late decision-making type of stuff is just all that I've gotten. Uh I've asked specifically about all of those. And right. It's like, uh, that's what they decided they wanted what to a, do that week. What about Hunter and Stephanie? So here's Hunter and Stephanie, right? Where the, where the angle. And Vince, and Vince. So the angle for the whole show this week was the apology, which is dumb. We could go on about it and we don't need to. But that was the angle. So at the end of the show, Becky apologizes. And Hunter and Stephanie, who had been acting like the heel authority in, in weeks leading up to it, and she slapped them and everything. Hunter shakes her hand and goes, okay, you're in the match. Good luck. Leaves the ring, and then Vince comes out and basically shits on his daughter, shits on his son-in-law, and then acts the bad guy. I don't understand, Sean. I, I told Alex they need to take a Vince's senile approach next week. I think they should. Play it up. Uh, I because, should. I mean, two months ago, Vince was on TV saying, We're going to start listening to the fans. I can't do the normal Vince voice because he's way raspier now. He is, uh, he is. Listen to the fans. <laughs> okay. uh, Change. (laughs) uh, No, because you're back and you cut this hasty, quick promo. Whereas I say, Vince is always like, let's get this shit over with. It does come up like that. Real timing issues in recent weeks. Yeah. Yeah, like SmackDown this week, he like RKO pin off the air. I know they wanted to get Kofi Kofi in there for an hour. So that was was part of it. And uh, they actually started that segment, I believe, five or six minutes before they were supposed to. The match didn't get started until, like, one minute before the top of the hour. Mm -hmm. But they had Daniel Bryan coming out at, like, 8.49. It didn't need to take them ten minutes to get there. So they they did it to themselves. They could have sped that up a little bit. Right. Uh, Corey Graves, is he all right? Yeah, he's all right. So normally I wouldn't talk about this stuff, but because he went public, I feel like we should. Uh, okay. I think it was on, I think it was on Sunday night. Sean Ross Sapp sends me a text message. He goes, uh, "Have you been on Twitter uh, in the last little bit?" And I said, "No." He goes, "Corey Graves is just losing his shit." 
and I went on Twitter, and Nigel, you know if, if you're in the public eye. Corey Graves is not a major celebrity, but he's in the public eye, mm-hmm. so you get shit on when you're in the public eye, right? And people in the public eye realize, hell, Sean gets shit on, like, being, being in the public eye. Those people realize it's not worth responding, like I've been teaching them for three years, right? It's not worth responding, leave it alone. Right. Corey Graves on Sunday night, boom, 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 boom. He was responding to everybody. Wow, Everybody that said anything shitty about him, he was responding to everybody. And a lot of people, including Sean, were saying, is he all right? Because it's, it's, it's out of character. Yeah, I was concerned, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to speculate about anything that he's got going on, but he says he's okay. Just stirring people up. But, uh, I, I hope that's the case because professionally, I get along with Corey Graves. I had one guy speculate that was my source, which, Jimmy, you know, couldn't be further from the truth, but um, he's actually my source. Yeah, he's your source. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna sacrifice his. Oh, well, it's funny because a couple of weeks ago I said, yeah, he's gonna sacrifice his six-figure year job to give some internet shit dick the Raw and SmackDown rundowns, and I'm like, well, I don't know. After this Sunday, it was pretty wild. People thought that he was gonna get fired and stuff, but he says he's all right, and I hope he is personally because I hope it was just him stirring things up. Even though so personally, character. I love to stir up some troll. I like to stir up people who troll me. That's what I like to do. Like if somebody says like what you mentioned yeah. earlier where they're like, oh, thought Mustafa Ali was in the match. Triple H said you were wrong. I'll quote tweet him and say, oh, Diddy. Right. Like that. And I'll that's that. fine. Right. Yeah. But when people, I don't think people should get personal like that. Hey, one thing that Bill After had told me, if they don't know you personally, don't take it personally. No, absolutely so, not. That's right. I was, telling, I, I, I was telling Sean off the air. I was telling him off the air. There's people in my industry that think I'm an asshole, and I just laugh about it. And it's, what's that? They know you personally. No, right. They know me personally. <laughs> yeah, right. No, people in the business, and then usually when they meet me, they tell me, I thought you were an asshole. You're, you're a pretty so, nice dude in yeah, person. And we'll, see, we'll see after this Vegas trip how, how well you ruin the perception of Fightful.com. I told you about the Wagyu. If I go, I'll treat you to Wagyu, bud. All right, well. Yeah. Nigel's wow. nodding because he knows. He's nodding. It's the best steak in the world. Well. Fightful.com. Imagine what it would be like with OM Sean. It would be great. I, I like them. They, they still sometimes pop into our chats and give us super chats. You guys are welcome to do that, by the way. I mean, I encourage you guys to subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. But if you're going to throw $5 down in the Super Chat, you might as well just subscribe to FightfulSelect.com anyway. Exclusive news. I just did the Fightful Report podcast. Lots of cool stuff. And on there, on Tier 2, we are about to review Abducted in Plain Sight. Now, Jimmy uh, is going to let me post it later, but this is going to be one you want to watch immediately. I got a sheet full of notes. It is something. I am excited about this. If it goes well, hoping to push some more movie reviews because I think the people would like that, Jimmy. Fire Festival. Can hit that uh, one. Yeah. Up. I have people that ask us to review movies. I can't tell you how many. The reason I asked about another website today that, that you all are working on is because it seems like every week I got somebody saying, oh, you and Andrew or Jeremy or Alex should do an NBA podcast. Oh, really? And I'm like, my God, we will eventually. Eventually. But FightfulSelect.com, that's where we're headed right now. Leave us a thumbs up and subscribe. We're on podcast platforms everywhere. We're out. 
Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcasts, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling.